Hi, I'm Levi from WCF. Before we get into this episode of Faith Foundations, I wanted to take a quick minute to introduce a few other podcasts in the WCF Podcast Network. I am a co-host on a show called A Little Faith, where we explore faith breakdowns and buildups with different people who have very powerful stories to tell. Sam Taylor from Cleveland, Ohio, produces weekly devotionals in Pause to Consider. Think Mr. Rogers meets Fireside Chat. I love Sam's humble style, and I think every episode is fantastic. You can find both of those wherever you get your podcasts or on our website at wcfoundation.org slash podcasts. Also, did you know that WCF sponsors thousands of meals a month for children in India who are unable to afford any food? Please visit wcfoundation.org for more info and donate if you can. Now, here's the show. The subject of this talk is the future of the Earth. Many would say the Earth has no future. They look at pollution, population growth, scarce resources, armament escalation, economic and social uncertainty. In short, potential horror stories. However, I'd like to present some reasons for optimism some Bible reasons for believing that ultimately the earth has a great future. The Bible teaching on this subject centres on the teaching of the kingdom, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, or sometimes just the kingdom. Let me read some verses from Isaiah chapter 65. For behold, I create a new heavens and a new earth, and the former things shall not be remembered, nor come into mind, but be glad and rejoice for ever in that which I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem as a rejoicing, and her people a joy. I will rejoice in Jerusalem, and be glad in my people. No more shall be heard in it the sound of weeping and the sound of distress. They shall build houses and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and eat their fruit. They shall not build and another inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat. For like the days of a tree shall the days of my people be, and my chosen shall long enjoy the work of their hands. The wolf and the lamb shall feed together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox, and dust shall be the serpent's food. They shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain, saith the Lord. There are many places in the Bible which indicate that the earth was created for a purpose, for the habitation of man, and assert that God will fulfil his destiny. Isaiah said, Thus saith the Lord that created the heaven, God himself that formed the earth and made it, he hath established it, he created it not in vain, he formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord, and there is none else. The Bible says that there is a great future for the earth, When we think of the beautiful spots of the earth, the rockies, the tropical beaches, the grassy plains, when we think of the brilliant birds, the exotic fish of the sea, when we think of the deer, the fox, a leopard, when we think of all of these things, we realise the richness of the present earth. Well, think further. Think of the removal of the things that trouble us. Think of the creative hand of God being directed to remove all that's harmful and ugly. This is the potential for the earth, a potential which I believe will be realised soon. The earth's great destiny will be realised through the coming kingdom of God. Jesus prayed, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's the essence of it. God's kingdom will be established on the earth 
and his will will be done. In the book of Daniel chapter 7, there's a vision given about the last times. It's a vision of world history and contains a prophecy about the end of history. Verse 13, I saw in the night visions and behold one like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven and came to the Ancient of Days, that is speaking of God, and they brought him before him. And there was given him dominion and glory and a kingdom that all people, nations and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away and his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed. This is the hope of the Bible. It will be fulfilled when God sends Jesus to the earth to establish his long-awaited kingdom. What is the kingdom? Kingdom suggests a king and it also suggests a domain. The Jews of Jesus' day thought of the kingdom in political terms. Even the apostles thought this way. Just before Jesus went to heaven, his disciples asked him, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? Jesus told them that this wasn't the time. His father had reserved the time in his own hand. That account is in Acts chapter 1. We can see that the apostles were waiting for a real political kingdom, a kingdom with a king. At the time of Jesus, the Jewish people were ruled by Rome and they resented it. They waited for the fulfilment of the prophecies of the kingdom as a restoration of their ne- as a restoration of their nation sovereignty in the land of Israel. They waited for their king. Who is their king? Jesus Christ. When Jesus was born, the angel Gabriel told Mary, his mother, that Jesus would be this king. It's recorded in Luke chapter 1. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there shall be no end. The house of David was the nation of Israel. The angel promised that Jesus would be the king upon the throne of Israel, the throne of his forefather King David, ruling forever. This understanding is consistent with other Old Testament prophecies. Listen to Isaiah 9, of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. When Jesus was before Pilate, this was the question that accused him. Was Jesus a king? The Gospel of John chapter 18 records Pilate's interrogation of the prisoner Then Pilate entered into the judgment hall again and called Jesus and said unto him, Art thou the king of the Jews? Jesus answered him, Sayest thou this thing of thyself, or did others tell it thee of me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Thine own nation and the chief priests have delivered thee unto me. What hast thou done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world... Then would my servants fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews, but now is my kingdom not from hence. 
Jesus said that his kingdom was not of this world. In other words, this was not the time to establish his kingdom. It would be later. So they crucified Jesus and over his head they put the inscription, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. What kind of kingdom will it be? Well, it's to be a worldwide dominion. This is clear from the book of Daniel. In chapter 2, Daniel interprets a vision about world empires. He shows that at the end of time, God will set up his kingdom on the ruins of earth's kingdoms, reading from verse 44. And in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom, which shall never be destroyed, and the kingdom shall not be left to other people, but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. The kingdom which Daniel is talking about is a kingdom which will destroy and replace present world governments. A fantastic thought that God will intervene in our world, but a consistent biblical teaching. Let's look at another passage, which is found in Isaiah chapter 2. And it shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow onto it. And many people shall go and say, Come ye, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, and he will teach us of his ways and we will walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem, and he shall judge among the nations, and shall rebuke many people, and they shall beat their swords into plowshares, and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. You know the last part of that is inscribed at the United Nations, but the fulfilment of the prophecy will be by God's intervention, not by man's efforts. The king returns. He establishes his rule upon the earth. He enforces peace and establishes righteousness worldwide, a kingdom which lasts forever. Isaiah said that Jerusalem is to be the capital of the world. Sometimes in the Bible it's called Jerusalem. Sometimes it's called Zion. It's the same place. It's a city strategically located on a land bridge between three continents. It's a city of great history, a terrible history, but the future capital of the world. The prophet Micah agrees with Isaiah. So does the prophet Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 3 says, At that time Jerusalem shall be called the throne of the Lord, and all nations shall gather unto it, to the presence of the Lord, to Jerusalem, and there shall they no more stubbornly follow their own evil heart. The city of Jerusalem has great significance today because it's crucial to world peace. However, the future significance of this city is even greater. The coming world government will bring an era of peace brought about by the return of Jesus. One of the Psalms says that the king will judge his people with righteousness and the poor with judgment. And Isaiah says, the effect of righteousness will be peace and the result of righteousness, quietness and trust forever. Jesus, with great wisdom, 
will uphold the meek of the earth, will establish righteousness, will enforce peace, will wipe away tears from all eyes, will bring about the utopia that mankind has longed for centuries. In conclusion, the earth has a great future when God's kingdom arises. Jesus Christ will return and reign from Jerusalem, the capital of the earth. His just and powerful reign will establish peace throughout the world. It will be a time of prosperity. Life will be joyous, sorrow and suffering eliminated. Such a state necessitates divine intervention in the affairs of mankind. This is not a new idea. The teaching of the kingdom is a consistent teaching of the Bible from its beginning to its end. Bible students have looked for this day for centuries. Many Bible believers believe this time to be near based on world events in relation to Bible prophecy. I believe so too. One thing is certain, one day God's kingdom will come, his will will be done on earth as it is in heaven.